welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. All righty. So I am joining Marie Wallace in Mexico. Hi, guys. <laughs> I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me start with welcome to Braveheart Conversations. <laughs> I'm Jillian Rora, and this is my lovely co-host Marie Wallace, live from Cancun. It's, it's her birthday week, and so we Yay. are all celebrating with her. Happy birthday, Marie! Thank you very much, lovely. I'm very excited. It's it's nice to actually just um, enjoy some fresh air and ocean, and <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna lie about that. And some warmth. It's so warm. And no apologies necessary. Yeah, this is true. This is unapologetic. That's uh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, enjoy that sunshine. I know that that is such a big thing for you as I can totally relate. So I'm, I'm so happy for you. I would totally be there with you if it weren't for my passport not being here yet. Oh, that would be just, awesome. I hope you just soak it all up. So we are all celebrating with you here Thank from you. all of our listeners at Braveheart Conversations. So um, we're so happy that with technology today, you can be here with us, even in Cancun. I um, know. My friends are like, what? You're going to do a podcast? Yeah, I do it every Thursday yeah, for two years, so we're going to do this. We are so dedicated. <laughs> we are. We are. Okay, so um, I'm really excited to jump into this conversation. Um, it's something that has really been on my heart for a long time, and um, it's it's a bit of a taboo topic. I've stayed quiet sometimes because I see other coaches and people that I know and love share um, in a way that sometimes I'm like, oh, wait a minute, no. Um, so I just want to share my thoughts and add them to add them to the pie, right? And uh, I hope that you guys have find something that you can chew on and uh, something that will help you this morning. So today we are talking about self-acceptance of your gender identity. And I want to talk about that um, from a perspective where I grew up really thinking that masculinity was for men and femininity was for women. And that's just the way it was, right? And if you were a female that had too much masculine energy, then there was something wrong with you. And you were then actually participating in shutting down men's masculinity and that if you were not this passive submissive uh, peaceful quiet meek woman then you were not supporting men being leaders and I'm sure as I'm sharing this some of you guys are going yes I, I definitely lived that um, and and maybe still do. There's a lot of judgment around those roles. And what I have seen um, pretty frequently is um, workshops and counseling and coaching centered around the idea that I will help you regain your femininity and become this meek woman because you're too masculine and you're too assertive and you're too dominant. 
and there's something wrong with you and it's screwing up your marriage and your relationship. And I've seen men experience the same thing where they are perhaps with a woman who is very assertive and they are naturally more passive and they are naturally more agreeable and they are naturally more, um, you know, yeah, go for it. I'll, I'll totally let you take the lead on this. Um, or they're more nurturing. And there's a lot of self-judgment that those things aren't the correct way and that we need to make this man more of a leader or make him more um, assertive or, or make him different than he is because he's not masculine enough. And I think it's a real problem. Um, so I'm calling it out today. Um, I think that we are born exactly the way we're meant to be. And if you're a woman who's a little more dominant and stubborn and assertive, there is nothing wrong with that. And if you're a man who is a little more passive and gentle and nurturing, there's nothing wrong with that. And if your partnership looks different than the traditional um, man is the leader and breadwinner and woman is the nurturer at home, if it doesn't look like that, that's okay. Um, so Anyway, I'm going to open this discussion up, but that that's my um, soapbox <laughs> for the morning. That's, uh, that's what's been on my heart for a long time, and I'm excited to, to flesh this out and talk about some of the conditioning that led us there and how, how we can just become more at home with ourselves instead of trying to shove ourselves into a box that we really don't need to live in. So, Marie, what is your experience with this uh, gender conditioning? Well, <laughs> I'm a, a little bit older than you or a lot bit older than you. Um, and so my, my conditioning runs very deep. But I also wanted to include all the identities, even if you don't have, you know, a a particular gender that you identify with or non-binary, but just to include everyone on this this conditioning and patterning has been going on for generations. Um, in my household, um, yeah, you definitely, we, you know, we had certain gender roles, we had certain gender identities, we couldn't speak loud. It was really disagreeable to be loud as a woman, to be um, outspoken as a woman, to, um, to lead, and, and we've talked about this before, to have any other you know, job other than teacher or nurse or, you know, something along that line of definitely not be a CEO of a corporation because that would be taking a job from a man as well, right? Like, so we could, we could go real deep with all of those. So yeah, I quite, a, quite a bit of experience with, with just being shut down. Um, you know, just don't speak too loud. Don't say too much. Um, be agreeable, like, because that's our, our identity too is to be agreeable and, you know, not to have a, a various, a varied opinion about anything. Yeah. So I'm curious, um, did you feel a lot of shame or guilt when you did play those, those roles, like being more assertive or taking away guys work? Like, did that ever play a part for you? Uh, 
so many times or um, not even being able to make more money than them because that would make them feel bad. And um, the uh, all, I remember a couple of times people in my life when I was dating their um, their sons where the, the mother-in-law or the mother of the son would say that I laughed too loud, <laughs> that I was... Um, I, I don't, I mean, laughing is one thing that I do pretty loud. I, I'm not real loud, although I felt, I feel like I've embraced that a little bit more because I live with loud people. But, um, um, yeah, I've been told too loud. I wasn't allowed to have an opinion and to keep it to myself. I have been told that. And and religiously, too, that what my, my place was to be supportive and not to lead and, you know, not to, um, so specifically told not, not to have an opinion and to, to be quiet. I've been told to be quiet quite often. <laughs> Did you ever internalize the belief that you, by being strong, you were emasculating men? Yeah. And I felt, I, I had felt guilty in the past and I'm not sure where I transfer that probably because I'm married to a very accepting, loving person where I can be anything who I am and, and building people along the way that, that supported that. But yeah, I felt shame and I felt um, inadequate. I felt really bad when I was making more money um, and, and, or when the other person didn't have a job, you know, somehow I felt that was my fault. And, and it's like, no, I, I really earned this job. I, I have the skills and I'm where I'm supposed to be. I enjoy this. Um, but there were times where I felt bad about it. How about you? Yeah. Um, I, I definitely can say that I have had moments where I've been really defensive about it, which shows me. Like if I'm defending something, then there's still something there that I think that I need to defend instead mm-hmm. of just, um, this is who I am. <laughs> yeah. just It's, you know, this is my work. This is my job. This is, you know, uh, whatever, whatever the case is, I don't need to justify being strong. I don't need to, uh, defend, um, what I'm doing. Um, so yeah, I would say, I would say that I have definitely been aware. I've been very aware of the, the idea that you being too masculine, um, is going to, um, upset the apple cart and it's going to make your partner less capable of being masculine. That, that was the big, the big clincher for me is that if you are doing these things and you're making your partner less capable of being a real man mm-hmm. and um and well, i the music is stand by your man and all, i mean just all the music that we heard i mean when i was growing up too we weren't allowed to we were trained right I, we were actually trained these are your roles this is do this is how you be in a relationship. Um, we were actually trained to do that. Yeah, and and I think, you know, when I look back, even over the things that I have taught, um, 
it's been a slow ride for me. I've, I've unpeeled a lot of layers and I can see even when I have taught masculine and feminine energy in the past, um, when I started doing that, I still came from the approach that women had dominant femininity and men had dominant masculinity, which isn't necessarily the case. It doesn't have to be the case. And, um, and so some of that has really evolved for me and, and I can see how, you know, I tiptoed around some things that, um, that were old conditionings for me. And I think that there is a lot of shame that people experience when they don't measure up to, you know, the, the role that they're told that they need to stay in or the, the box that society's built for them. And now, you know, we have, we have a lot more gender identities than just men and, you know, women. We have, we have a lot of non-binary and, and just a vast, vast, uh, gender experience and a lot of fluidity, which I think is beautiful. And I think that it also acknowledges I can be in times in my life, I can be dominant masculine and for dominant feminine. And I would say that there are times in my life where that's been called upon, right? Where I have needed to be more masculine. I have needed to be um, more of a fighter, um, more scrappy, more gritty. And there's been times where I've been able to be more soft and I've been um, more gentle, more in my emotions and more of the things that we traditionally see as masculine and feminine energy. And um, I think that it's time that we come into an era where those things are, they're, they're just normal. They're, um, that there isn't judgment around playing those roles because it's, it's like cutting half of yourself off. Right. Um, we all have masculine and feminine energy. And I think that we really, especially do men a disservice when we tell them they can only be tough. They can only be leaders. They can't be emotional. They can't be soft or gentle or empathetic. Um, that those aren't masculine things. When we, when we tell them that, um, that causes shame for when they do have those things. And it really blocks them from the value of those things that are naturally part of themselves. So, you know, I think that we see a lot of men's violence today because we have intentionally shut out the femininity in men. Does that make sense? It does. I was thinking of my dad and my dad worked as a paramedic and um, he saw a lot of very terrible, difficult things, you know, that were very horrible, like accidents and things where people were just, you know, in, in very various forms of just in pieces. And sometimes he just didn't ever have a way. And he grew up where men weren't supposed to even talk about it. They didn't have counseling. They didn't have um, ways for them to express what they, the horrific things that they had seen. And, and I, I imagine the same in all of our first responder kind of, um, role. 
And so not being able to express that, I saw it just tear him apart. And, you know, we had a couple of discussions, a few discussions before he passed where he talked about that. But that's why he resorted to drinking because he didn't have any way to express this pain and and drinking. And I'm not saying that's an excuse. It was just a coping mechanism, right? And so if we are not allowed to express ourselves, we will find unhealthy ways to cope with those difficult emotions. And it just saw this very strong, amazing person being broken by not being able to be expressive. Yeah, I think that that's a, a great example. I, you know, I, I see a lot of men who they, um, they almost with pride talk about how numb they are, how apathetic they are. Um, how tough they are and unfeeling. And that just is, is so sad to me because I do know many men who are very in touch with their, their empathy. And, um, you know, that doesn't threaten their masculinity. And I think that's the, the new thing that we get to learn and we get to level up in is that, you know, being tapped into the feminine experience of empathy and compassion and um, and dialogue and connection that doesn't threaten masculinity in any way like you can still be a badass right and actually that only enhances your badassness it does for me <laughs> yeah like I find it quite sexy actually <laughs> right absolutely you know who wants a hero that can't you know that's just a robot and yeah. I feel like that's what we have um, conditioned men to be is like this very robotic like you can, you can block out all feelings and emotions and just make the tough calls. And I, I don't, I don't see that as ideal masculinity at all. I think that <clears throat> the masculine and feminine are meant to show up together, not just in a partnership, but also in each individual. You know, it's that combination of strength and softness. It's that combination of um, uh, tough back and soft front um it's the combination of compassion and boundaries it's mm -hmm. you know the relationship connection and the ability to have self-worth um all of those those elements just they make a beautiful person all together yeah it makes a very nice symbiotic relationship and a partnership too because mm -hmm. i think when we're both able to express ourselves like that, it's a very nice um, give and take, a very responsive kind of re relationship versus maybe a more static relationship. Just us able to express ourselves, we can we can level up our relationship even, right? Mm -hmm. Totally, I think I think that too fully functioning, healthy human beings in a relationship creates the best relationship. If you have two people that are ashamed of expressing half of themselves, um, I think it causes some problems. And I think that, um, you know, unfortunately, I've heard even women in partnerships that it's like, um, well, well, don't tell him that he is, is loving. Don't, don't tell him that he is compassionate. Oh, because wow. yeah. that will um that'll make him feel less manly. It's like, uh wow. <laughs> um or like don't tell him his, he's romantic. 
um, it's like these things are forbidden for men to be because men are supposed to be nothing but tough. You know, they can't. Well, I've also, yeah, experienced the women who said he's not romantic. So that if he ever did to get in touch with that, it wouldn't be acceptable. <laughs> no, it's, it, it may not have expressed itself yet, but I'm pretty sure there's some in there. It's, I well, just think it's suppressed for so long. Yeah. If you've told him or he's learned his whole life um, from his culture that it's not acceptable to, you know, be soft because that's seen as weakness and vulnerability is seen as weakness. Then, um, then yeah, that's, that's been beat out of him. That's not, that's not naturally a lack of, um, being, uh, soft or empathetic. It's, it's that you've told this human being for their entire life that that is unacceptable, um, for a man. And, um, so I, I think that's the condition that we really get to be conscious and aware of. And it starts with ourselves always, right? It starts with, um, being self-accepting of whatever your natural balance is, right? If you're fierce, be fierce. Don't judge yourself for it. If you are, um, if you're soft, be soft. And it doesn't matter what your claimed uh, gender, uh, gender identity is. Be what feels good to you. It starts with that self-acceptance. I think it also starts with acceptance of our partner right stop trying to make your partner into someone that they're clearly showing you they're not um so you know i think that we we do have the power to continue perpetuating shame and judgment around us by telling you know continuing on this conditioning that um you're not masculine enough or you're not feminine enough and i think we get to stop telling each other that like let their behavior show you um, where, where they're at, what feels comfortable for them. Marie, Hello. what, what has your experience been in the relationship capacity? Like, do you feel like you have experienced that judgment in the past from partners where they have wanted you to play a certain role? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely just not um have been put in my place more than once and it's not acceptable and it, it and like you were saying earlier that it, you shut you shut down a part of yourself and you don't feel like you can be expressive and it feels um constrictive and it feels um unnatural at, and it doesn't doesn't allow you to express yourself fully in the ways that you know that you can. Whereas when I'm integrated and I can feel wholly who I am, I can step into things that I might've been afraid of before. But I, whenever I find myself reserved or defensive, like you were saying earlier, I'm going, oh, I wonder what conditioning or patterns from the past are holding me back. What, what belief do I have right now that is holding me back from that? But many, many times, just um, not being able to have an opinion. Um, the authority was my my the man in my life, and instead of me having my own authority, and um, and being trusted that I know what's best for me. I think that's a big one. And um, 
when once or having an opinion about anything wasn't allowed to have an opinion and once i broke free from those relationships and i started to investigate that part about opinion i was like oh well what do i believe about that because for so long someone else was telling me this should be your opinion so it took me a little it takes a while to break out of that and and realize that i where my opinions really are or my beliefs or any of that because there had been so much conditioning in the past. Yeah. yeah. And and it really is a journey. Um, you know, I can, I can think back to times where I thought I was really aware and, um, and it's like, Oh yeah. Cute. That, that was pretty adorable, but um, <laughs> no, you're, you weren't there yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm sure I will, look back at this version of myself in some ways and go, oh man, you still were missing the mark, honey. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is a growth journey. I mean, even where we were talking earlier about our feminine and masculine classes, because I even attended some of your classes then. So I can see that we're both growing and we all grow on this journey, but it's it's being open and willing to go, okay, I know I don't have it all. Even even when we close today, I, I might learn something tomorrow that goes, hmm, I didn't know this yesterday. <laughs> or even with the questions and things that we'll get from this particular video, we'll we'll have someone who will tap in and say, you know, you you missed this mark about the way binary people feel. And and that will be okay because we want to learn and grow and be more expansive and more inclusive, right? For sure. Yeah, we, we can't know what we don't know. And I think that is what is um, a little dangerous about the um, conversations that are happening these days is there's there's not a lot of bandwidth for mistakes. There's not a lot of compassion for, um, you know, stepping in some holes, you know, because I think we all we all experience that. Right. Um we, if we're really wrestling with some difficult ideas and growing and expanding, we say some things that, you know, maybe we don't mean to be offensive, but that can be part of our journey there. And um, so I hope that, you know, we can always be a safe container for having those conversations, that it's okay to step in shit once in a while and be like, oh man, I didn't realize that was offensive and I'm sorry. <laughs> And uh, thanks for being uh, patient with me as I figure things out because we're all figuring things out and um, we we can't grow unless we um, unless we have someone that we can we can step in shit together and be like oh oh oops sorry <laughs> right um, thanks so for being my shit partner. <laughs> Well, and compassion towards ourselves too, because I know when I find sometimes that I've really said something or done something that's hurt someone and I didn't mean that or intended, I'm really hard on myself and it is a learning growing process. And yes, do I need to do better? I always do need to do that, but not to where I flagellate myself enough to like not be able to grow past it. Well, and I think it's, it's so brave, even even more so today, to continue having those conversations when there is so much viciousness out there, right? So it it doesn't feel safe often to have these conversations and, and make the mistakes because 
um, you're going to be murdered for them. Um, so I just think, you know, anybody who's listening, like push past that, please, like for the sake of humanity, push past the fact that, yeah, some people are going to be vicious and some people are going to say some mean things, make the mistakes anyway, have the conversations because we can't grow without that. Mm -hmm. We're never going to improve and get better unless we have the tough conversations. And, um, you know, my policy that has gotten like super, super clear over the last year has been um, disagreement is welcome, but disagreement with class is a necessity. So, you know, um, we need to stop the name calling and the um, dehumanizing of each other when somebody says something that maybe isn't accurate or, you know, it, we stepped in the shit, right? We made the mistake. Um, I think that we get to be a little classier with how we disagree. Keep disagreeing, but bring some class and some empathy. And own it if it, if it's truly your part, because sometimes people don't own that. Um, I'd also like to, since we're talking about accepting our own gender identity, I know that there's some safety issues involved too, is um, finding those places where you can feel safe to have those conversations about who you are and what you, if you don't know who you are yet, big questions too, and you feel unsafe or that because there are, there is gender violence as well. And um, just finding places that you can go and be yourself or explore who you are in a community and in a way that you, um, that you can um, feel more comfortable in your own skin kind of thing. Yeah. um, I love that you brought this up because I think no matter who you are or what your identity is, if you start disagreeing with the status quo, um, the losses can be really big and they can be really hard. And whether it's a religious community or family community or friends, um, those losses can feel really devastating. And those rejections can feel really devastating. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess my encouragement would be Remember that just because there are certain people that you shed and that reject you doesn't mean that everyone feels that way. And you will find a new tribe, but you have to do your part in seeking that too. You know, the the resources are there. There are are plenty of inclusive groups and friends and um, people that are are kind and that are going, going to support you in you being authentic. And remember that the people who reject you for being authentic don't really like the real you anyway. They only like to fake version of you. So, you know, you deserve to be loved for exactly who you are without having to put on a show or be fake. And that's a tough journey. Um, and I can so relate to that. I've lost a lot of people along the way. Um because I've, I've dared to disagree and, and it is, it is a really courageous thing to be authentic. Um, so if you're in the loss part of it and you're in the letting go part, because you, you've been authentic, you've been brave and people have been cruel and they've rejected you. Don't stop there. Like those aren't the only people in the world. 
you can build a new family, you can build a new community. And those those people are there and they, they want you and they want to include you. They want the real authentic you and you'll feel so much better. You'll thrive in a community. You will definitely thrive in a community like that. You'll be able to be fully expressive and fully empowered to be all that you can be in those communities. So I'm glad we had that particular. Yes. Thank you, Marie, for bringing that up. because that, that is so important. I think we, we don't often acknowledge the grief and the loss part. And um, that's really what unapologetic is all about, is walking people through that journey. Um, so there's a community for you if you are not feeling uh, included. There you go. Um, but yeah, um, it, it's, it's a definitely a grueling process. It's a difficult process to go through that letting go and that rebirth. It really is a rebirth. So um, with that, I know that we are pretty much out of time. I'm not seeing any questions. So if you have any, now is your chance. Um, you can also reach out to us individually if you don't want to share your question uh, during the live. So you can reach out to me at defytheaverage at gmail.com or Marie. Marie at mariesgold.com. We welcome any questions or education, enlightenment, whatever you would like to give us that would be supportive with you and on your journey. Whatever you would like to add, or if you have a question or you would like us to discuss a particular topic, please um, reach out and let us know. Um, we are live every single Thursday, um, even if we're in Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> or any other part of the world thank you technology <laughs> dedicated. Um, so please join us next week and every Thursday around 10am um, you can catch any of our past episodes in the Facebook group Brave Heart Conversations you can also find us on multiple po uh, podcasting platforms like Spotify and iTunes or Podbean and I just learned that we reached a thousand downloads this last week. So that's yay. Um, yay for us. Um, yay for the whole community. We really appreciate you guys. And um, we love that you're here listening and sharing us out when you feel inspired. And uh, this is just such a work of love for us. Something that we really, really enjoy. Uh, bringing. We can have these conversations privately, but we really just want to include you guys. <laughs> so, we do. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so much fun. So anyway, uh, celebration on that. And um, we love you guys. We hope you have a fantastic week. Marie, I hope that you just have the most amazing week in Mexico. Thank you. And soak up all that sunshine and bring a little bit back. Yes, yes. yes thank you so much. Enjoy right. being with you. I'm going to go ahead and close us out. Bye, guys. <laughs>